Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Sam Coleman, luxury Las Vegas real estate agent, building a monster team, and now starting to do a ton of content. Sam, thanks for joining me. Man, thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Um, to say the least, 2021 coming into 2022 was not what I expected, but I'm extremely grateful for it, for sure. Man, I heard your story a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, and that, mm -hmm. that's when I reached out to you. And it was so inspiring. There are so many new agents that need to hear your story. Mm -hmm. So if you, not, maybe not even a new agent, maybe somebody that's just like trying to build right now yep. in, in this in this industry. And so you want to listen to this whole podcast all the way through, man, because you're going to have some gems to share. Mm -hmm. So why don't you just tell us, your, your form, former NBA player, Yep. tell us how you got started in real estate, like your whole journey, because it's fascinating. Spend a little time digging into you know, leading up to getting into real estate. Gotcha. So in 20, 2010, I entered the NBA draft, went undrafted, um, had a shot with the uh, Houston Rockets in 2010. And I tore my ACL my rookie season here, training with a few NBA teams here in Las Vegas uh, during NBA Summer League. And thought like that was how over. you ended up in Vegas? Yep, was that's how some, I ended up okay. in Vegas. Yeah. Actually, because you're from Baltimore, right? I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, when I got my shot in Houston, I had never been to Vegas before. So I, I went and worked out. Um, in, in Houston and the scout from the Rockets, BJ basically said, you know, you go work out with John Lucas. If he says you can play, you can play. So I went and impressed John Lucas, impressed BJ. Next week I ended up at the Toyota Center and I'm there with Yao Ming. Craziest thing. And I went to a mid-major division one school. So like it was, I think I averaged like six points and like two rebounds a game. So nothing significant you, to- You gotta give us a Yao Ming story once you're, once you're done. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Very, very super cool guy. But um, so I get there and everything is great. And I get invited to come train and work out with these, uh, all these top tier players from all the biggest division one schools. And it was so surreal. I get here day one, tear my ACL, dream shattered. Like literally, I thought the world was over. Yeah. Um, so then my agent at the time, he said, Sam, we have uh, opportunity for you to come back. You're going to be great, et cetera, et cetera. Then bam, 2011, the NBA lockout happened. So no contact with players. So then it's this mad dash for me. I'm start panicking and my agent's panicking. Everybody around me is panicking. Like this kid was under the radar. This is one shot. And with, with well intention, everybody wanted me to get back into the game. So I rushed back and I played in the G League. Well, I wasn't ready to play in the G League. Nick Nurse was my coach at the time probably one of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, took me from being just a, a big man that could run and jump. And then now that was taken away from me, I became a, a shooting six foot, six ten uh, big man. So he taught me how to shoot the ball well. And, and I just wasn't athletic anymore. So at that time, they didn't need a six ten three point shooting big man that couldn't rebound. Well, fast forward, then you have Dirk, you got KD, you got all, if you can't, if you're 6'10", you can't shoot, you don't even belong in the league at this point. Yeah, now. So now, right? So it was a little early in the process, but as I, I started to play overseas, played a bunch of different places, and in 2015, went to the G League again, my agent, I just thought that this was the, this was it. Like, this was my shot. He said, Sam, I need you to shoot 40% from three, give me eight to 10 rebounds a game, you're going to get your call up. Bet, let's go. I get to training camp, I get cut again. I come home, cry to my wife, like kick, scream, this is over. I'm at, mad at God, mad at everybody. And one of my buddies that I used to train with here, he said, dude, if we don't get another job, like what, what are you going to do? And I said, man, I'm probably going to get in real estate, man. I'm going to help my, my wife's grandmother set up for this open house this weekend. She asked me to just carry the table in, in for her. I didn't even know what an open house was at the time. So uh, the weekend comes. And who is this? Your, your my wife's grandmother. grandmother. Yep. She was in real estate for how long? Uh, nine years at the time. Okay. But she did it part time. Yeah. So I had no idea. Um, and I carry the table in and she just arbitrarily throws out, Sam, when I sell this house, let me get a check for $30,000. 
I looked. I said, all you're doing is setting up this table, and you got these stale cookies from Sunday dinner. Are you going <laughs> to make $30,000? Where do I sign up? Yeah. So um, I started doing my discovery, this whole process, and I, and I just committed that this is going to be my plan B. I took a job in Mexico to go play, and the whole uh, management of the team folded. They didn't pay. And I got hurt, so I couldn't get go get another job. I got hurt, and I didn't get paid. Came back home, called my agent. Don't call me no more. I'm done. I'm retiring. I got cut from the G League, humiliated. Can't even play. Uh, can't even go take a job overseas. And the GM from the Suns basically said, "Sam, it's not just your ability. It's 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 just not the time. Stay ready, though." Well, I had been here and stay ready my whole entire career, so I was over it. So real estate was going to be the thing that I did. So I went and took the uh, real estate exam. I failed it. Um, Long story short, I failed it five times. Okay. Well, you so, got me beat. I failed it three. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to fail. Yeah. yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. Listen, I've never seen a commission check with the number amount of test takes I, right. on it, right? So um, uh, so I, I failed it four times. And the fourth time that I failed it, I actually had to borrow the $100 to take the exam from my wife. So it was like the lowest point in my life. I hadn't worked. I hadn't got a paycheck in like 12 months. Um, and I started driving for Uber because I had to make some money. Um, my wife was like, Sam, you got to do something. So I started applying for jobs at this point. I couldn't pass the real estate exam. I'm driving for Uber and I'm like, I, this sucks. I'm driving around drunk people, people throwing up in my car. Oh. It just like, it was literally- Was it here in Vegas? Yes, here in Vegas. Wow, that's the worst. It was the worst. Like literally, and it wasn't, Uber at that time had just come out. They, yeah. they were still fighting the cab company. It was a free for all. So it wasn't like you turn on your app and then you're just getting a bunch of rides and dough was rolling in. Yeah. No, no. It was like you turn on your app and I'm like driving around trying to wait for somebody to click. So I might get a, one ride an hour at that point. So it took me all day. The following day, I drove all day long. Yeah. I got up at 430 in the morning. I started at the airport because I figured that would be the best place to start getting rides. And I drove all day to get the hundred dollars. And after I got the hundred dollars, I went and took the test. I scheduled the very last test at the end of the day. And I went and passed it. By the time my wife got home from work, I had both of the, the state and the national on the counter, passed it by one question. That's all I needed. Yeah. And we were excited, we celebrated, and then it was like, you gotta pay for your MLS dues now. <laughs> <laughs> more <laughs> like, Ubering. More more Ubering. I'm like, dude, two grand, how am I gonna come up with this? So she charged on a credit card. My wife yeah. charged my dues on a credit card, wow. and now I'm in the game. So my Good wife. Yep, great wife. Great wife. She there's literally no me without her. She's yeah. the backbone. I love that. So uh now I'm off to the races. My first deal came from an Uber ride. So I was card slinging while I was driving for Uber. And lady called me, said, yeah, we met you in an Uber ride. Um, really? Our yep. Our landlord is thinking about selling his uh, home. He lives in you California. You just never know, because I would never think that even work, would no. work with, with Uber, because people are like, oh, he's an Uber. Am I going to reach out? Exactly. Right? Well, well, I had this facade going on. At this time, I'm, still, I'm 6'10", 235 pounds, 8% body fat. So it was very easy to, for me to be like, I just do this in my free time. You know, I'm really, you know, I'm retiring from pro basketball. Well, but that story makes it memorable. Like how many people yeah. are going to have an Uber ride where it's like, hey, I'm a former NBA player yep. and I'm just doing this in waiting to, you yep. know, do the real estate. Yep. That makes it very memorable. Yeah. It sticks out. Mm -hmm. But that was in my mind, that was me coping with the humility of being at that point in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you weren't looking to do no, that. No, no, no. So um, I ended up getting a job at Solar City. So I'm selling, I'm selling solar. I'm in orientation and I get a call from the GM. That's not easy stuff either. No. Solar city. Yeah. So I'm sitting in orientation. Call comes, Sam is Bubba from, from the Suns. You, are you in shape? Yeah, I'm in shape. I hadn't touched the ball in three months. I literally quit. 
no basketball. I didn't even watch basketball. I actually just started back watching the NBA like 2020, like during the bubble. But uh, I said, yeah, I'm in shape. He said, all right, we're going to fly you to Dallas. We're going to send you over the contract. We'll fly you to Dallas. You're going to play in Dallas on Saturday. Fly to Dallas, play like trash, 0 for 7 for 3, one rebound. I'm 250 pounds, all muscle, because I did no cardio, and I was just angry weightlifting, and I was back in Vegas again on Monday. Now I'm really angry, and the emotional roller coaster just changed me so much to the point where, like, it haunted me. Everywhere I go, it's just standing in public, standing in Target, somebody's like, oh my gosh, you're so tall, do you play basketball? You, you gotta play basketball. And I'm like, no, I do not play basketball. And I just started being angry, and and I just like, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm sure if you had a commission check for every time you've heard that. Oh, man. You I'll wouldn't be, even be in real estate no, right now. No, man. <laughs> right? We should figure out a way to make that, <laughs> monetize that. Yeah. A question asking monetization. That's yeah. what we need. Um, but but yeah, man, it, was, it, was, it, it, it came down to me taking all that energy and all that frustration. And then I had to put it somewhere. So all I know how to do is work. So I was never super talented playing basketball. I got my opportunities based on my work ethic and yeah, like I show up early, stay late. This is why I was so excited about having you on the pod and you and your story inspired me because I started thinking about, you know, how I got into real estate. Mm -hmm. I went through bankruptcy before mm -hmm. I got into real estate. I'm like, wow. this guy's been through adversity. These mm -hmm. are the kind of people that make it. And mm -hmm. when the adversity sticks with you, mm -hmm. that's when you really make it. Yep. And you already had the hard work because- mm -hmm you know, NBA and all, all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. to put in there. So I hope you guys are, this is going to get even better. I hope you guys are really <laughs> listening because Sam has so many things to share with everybody. You mentioned in there, you know, didn't say five times that I took the real estate license, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think of Eric Thomas, you know, who Eric Thomas yep. is? Uh, Eric, I listen to him every day. I work do out. you really? Mm -hmm. So that, did you ever see the video? He's in Michigan State. Mm -hmm. He's talking to like a group of maybe 20 kids. Yep. His original video when he popped off mm -hmm. talks about how you got to want it as bad as, as you, you want to breathe. breathe. Yep. That video I must have watched every day for a year straight mm -hmm. when I got into real estate. Because my back was to the wall. I had no other options. Yep. Similar to you, my wife married me when I had no money, bankrupt. Yep. I was getting into real estate mm -hmm. sales. And I went bankrupt through real estate. And I listen to that video every single day. One of the things he says is, it took him eight or nine years to get his college degree. It was very important for him to get that degree. Yep. But that degree in the wall doesn't say eight or nine years. They don't have any expiration dates on it. That's right. Yeah, I love that, man. And I like to look at myself. Like, I feel like I'm a combination of like Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, and like David Goggins. Like, okay. I'm this combination Ooh, of like, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's like, a name. Just because I'm, I'm when, uh, when, I, when I confront something, yeah. the harsh reality is nobody's coming to save me. And if I commit to doing something, it's either going to get done because I committed to it or it's not going to happen because I did not keep my commitment to my commitment. And then the, 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 the hoorah of Tony Robbins and getting going and getting, changing your state. And then the, the dog mentality of like, through hell or high water, I'm going to make this happen because my, my, my kids, I can't come home with my kids and say, oh, I didn't get the listing agreement. Or I, we have to go to a, a bad school because we can't pay for you to go to private school. We, like, I can't come home with, 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 with bad news. Or like, excuses. I, or excuses. I have to come out here. I got to go to work because there are so many people that are affected and impacted by the decisions that I make. Whether I succeed or I fail, there are people that will be impacted based on either result. So I could positively impact them by going to do the work and be the catalyst. I'm going to sacrifice my entire life to change the trajectory and the generations to come, or I can fail and let it be, this, let it continue to be the cycle, right? So that's you have, the decision you have I a made. story about 
one of the first agents that gave you their open house to hold. Yes. Yeah. Talk to talk about what kind of a commitment it takes in the beginning when you don't have any opportunities in real estate. Right. So it's it, the most hilarious thing I ever like when an agent comes to me or I get a DM or a phone call and the agent goes, well, I'm brand new. I don't have any money. Well, you had a smartphone. Yes. Do you have, are you in an office where other agents have listings? Yes. Do you have a business card? Yes. So I made sure I had my business card because that was the most important thing. I had to have a business card. Well, do you have an area that you specialize in? No. So now I can take all that information just from that and say, you don't need a dime. You have everything that you need. One of my coaches, uh, Danny Morell, the one thing I took from that coaching was everything you need is already inside you. So I took that philosophy before, like unconsciously even knowing it at the time. When I got started, I said I was in, K I was at uh, KW, and everybody preached cold calling and, and door knocking, uh, calling expires and fizzbows, and I was getting my face beat in. And I'm like, this just is not working for me. Like I'm not. Nobody knows I'm six ten. This is my secret weapon. I'm a big guy. I'm memorable. I, sh I need to figure out a way to get in front of people. So an agent in my office said, you should try doing open houses. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the office at that time would let me do an open house in their house because I was new and they knew I was new. Right. So somebody said, you should start calling agents and see if, you know, I'm pretty sure of the productive agents, they can't do all their houses. So I put in the parameters in the MLS, 700,000 to 1.5 million in Summerlin in between the zip code that I wanted to, 89135 and 89138. And I just started calling. Like I was getting hung up on, people laughed at me. And there's one agent, she answered the phone. It was her personal home. And she said, I asked her, hey, do you have anybody doing open houses for you? She said, no, it's the home is vacant. I said, would you mind if I did open houses on you? This is actually my specialty. I will do it every single day. I love that. It's my specialty. Never did an open I'm house. I'm committed. Before. Never even did an open house yet. Yeah. I said, this is this is my specialty. This is what I do. And she said, all right, go right ahead. So I said it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. See, that right there is so inspiring, man. Yep. That you didn't say, okay, she's going to give me an opportunity to do this open house. I'm going to do it Sunday when it fits on my time from 11 to 1. No, nope. I'm going to hold, hold this thing every single day yep. and increase my chances for more opportunities. I, I put up a post on Instagram the other day about holding an open house. If you mm -hmm. get an open house in this market, hold it as often as you possibly yep. can, mm -hmm. right? As often as you can. People are like, open houses are dead. It's a waste of time. You're getting an offer in two days. Think about all the lost opportunities you have Correct. by not meeting people. Mm -hmm. You went and just did the work, didn't expect. Even if you got nothing out of it, you were willing to sit there for a whole week straight. From 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. You did it all day. All day. I had no other choice. Like, I had nowhere no. to go. I had no money and no opportunity. Like, this was it. When, <laughs> when you have an open house when nobody shows up, are you still productive? I'm still productive. I also, my process to door knocking, I door knocked every single person in the community and invited them to the open house. And then- Smart. Everybody saw my signs. There was not a weekend from 2016 to 2019. There was not one weekend, not one, no vacation. There was not one weekend. My signs were in the same exact turnabout every single week from 2016, from the time I got my license all the way into 2019, not one. I never, I never skipped a weekend, not one. So you're building this team now. You've got 15 plus agents. Yep. By the end of quarter one, you're going to have over 25 agents yep. somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And are you teaching them? inspiring them to do some of this traditional stuff like what you did, the open houses? Mm -hmm. or are you just saying, hey, just focus on content? What are you telling your agents to do right now? So right now, everything that I, that has made me successful, I give them. Um, I 
I don't believe that there's a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Not everybody. I have agents that come from different walks of life. Some people that some of my agents, they they have great, they have both of their parents at home. They have support. Some um, have children. Some are single with no kids. You know, my youngest mm -hmm. agent is 20. And then uh, we have seasoned agents. Right. So it doesn't um, it, 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 there really isn't one way to do it. What I teach is a way, not the way. But we figure out through personality tests, through discovery, through meeting with them to figure out what they where they may best be suited and how they communicate. We role play five days away, uh, five days a week. And then we do what's called Hell Month. So we go through a series of activities through Hell Month. What a the, great name. The first 30 days to name. see the level of commitment yeah. and what they what they even gravitate toward. And they say, well, I didn't like this as much. I didn't like that as much. I really love doing this. All right, so now let's figure out a way to make you successful in that particular area. You don't have to be me. I understand that not everybody is willing to, to, to go through what I want to go through. I'm, I don't care what it takes. And I went through a lot of the challenges that I've went through because I just wouldn't quit. And I know if I could just get on the other side of, of this, I know based on what I see, the possibilities are endless. And I just, I just believed it even when I didn't have it. And when I see an agent come to my team or they interview with us and whether they make the cut or not, and they, they don't have the perseverance or they don't have the, 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 the willingness to do the work, the skill is the easy part. That can be taught. But the willingness to say that this is what I want and no matter what it takes, I'm going to make it happen. Those are the people that we that we want. We want those people like yeah. there are millions of Sam Coleman's out there. Yeah. And it's my mission to find them and, and, and make a and make a large impact on the world. When we're way. hiring agents, we're talking about for us three things. You got to be hungry. Yep. You got to be kid committed and yep. you got to be accountable. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what you're talking about. Like you got to be committed. Yep. You want people that are going to put in the work. Mm -hmm. It's funny right now. Because like Gary Vee, when he first popped off, you know, he was talking about hard work and grind yep. and hustle and all this stuff. And now everyone's like, oh, you know, grind and hustle. It's so cliche or, you know, why would anybody want to talk about that? You're so refreshing to me mm -hmm. because you're willing to talk about the work. Yes. And at the end of the day, if anybody's going to accomplish anything great, it's going to be with other people. And it's going to be by putting in the hard work. Mm -hmm. You get it, I think, more probably because of your background mm -hmm. playing sports. Yep. You know, I was never an athlete like i'm not even gonna like oh i played high school sport you know but i did but that was the one thing that kept me yeah going during those years mm -hmm. to like not fall down a really bad path right yep. who made a huge impact on you where it's like i'm gonna work hard i'm really going to just outwork everybody who is that for you so um a couple people one um my mom so i grew up with just my mom and my sister. My mom worked two jobs for 27 years. My mom never, she never would, like work was not an option. I started work when I was 13. It was just the thing that you did. And it was, there was no excuse. My mom never made an excuse. She just did it. And even when it sucked, she still did it. Um, and then from there, it was, you know, when I started watching basketball, it was Kevin Garnett. Like the passion KG. from KG oh my on the God. court, like to dive on the floor, up 20 like that's what i like screaming I, like a man screaming i had, like, I had season me. tickets the uh year the celtics won the championship yep i think that was 07 mm -hmm. if, I'm, if i'm right mm -hmm. and uh yeah it just happened that year before to get the whole of these tickets it was me and like a couple other people split them so like in the playoffs i had every round dope well, I gave up my NBA championship ticket. I was here in Vegas what? watching the game from the Mirage uh -huh. that I could have been at. Celtics won. Obviously, Kobe. I mean, the yeah, whole, yeah. like, 
I've seen Kobe play, but like to see mm-hmm. it in an NBA championship. Yeah. Just one of my biggest re- sports uh, <laughs> ticket regrets ever. Yeah. Uh, that I gave that up. But yeah, KG was the man. He was the man. And, and I just, I looked at them. I looked at KG and I said, I can do that. Like I couldn't shoot. I, I could, I was slow. I was always my, I, I developed late. So I was always too big for my body. He hustled. But he hustled. And I just that just always resonated with me. And when people ask, "Well, who's your favorite basketball player?" and I would say KG, and they were like, "Of all, it's not MJ, it's not Kobe." It's not, I said, "No," because that's what I resonate with. I can't like, I didn't dunk the ball until I was nineteen. Yeah. So like for me, it wasn't. I didn't have uh, the skills and everything. I wasn't putting the ball between my legs and behind the back and making all these cool moves. It was like I knew how to. I showed up early. I still get up at four thirty in the morning and go train. I still train like an athlete. And it, it comes down to what am I willing? Like what am I willing to do to get what I want? And that's what I've, I I just will. I'll never waver from that because that's what I know will always work. I've tried everything. I've done the online leads. I've done the, you know, I've, 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 I've had the coaches. Anything you think, I've door knocked, I've sizzled, I've You've done it all. you tried everything to be successful. Yeah, I became a practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have this saying with my team, I don't practice what I preach. I preach what I practice. So I never give a system or a process to my team that I haven't gone through and I haven't had proven results consistently. Right. So I'm not going to tell my team when we go role play, I'm not just going to say, say something clever and say, yeah, go try it out and see if it works. It's, no, you stick to the script and you internalize it. And then after after you've mastered it and internalize it, then you find your voice in it and make it sound like a conversation for yourself. But do everything the right way. Then come back to me and tell me when it doesn't work. And then we can go from there. I'm, in five years, I haven't had one person that I've that I've coached or advised come back to me and tell me that they did everything the right way and it didn't work. Yeah. Not one. You probably maybe seen people that come back to you and you just know you didn't put in the work. Yeah. Right? Something as simple as like, so when I first started, I put out 35 signs for my open houses. 35 signs. By balloons, yourself. By myself. Everyone. Getting Every in single, and yep. out of the car. Yep. In and out of the car. Getting yelled at, horns blown at in traffic. Yeah. Almost get, the whole bit. So I say modestly with the new age agents, 15 minimum, 20. But every sign, we should not, if we have one open house on a specific day and we're not doing multiple and it's just one on a day every sign that we have should be out yeah get somebody to help you yeah tip your help like and i teach that's one of the things that i teach you pay for what you need yeah right so if you want something you're like you don't want to do it hey go pay somebody we got you know v here we got all types of people that's willing to make money go pay 50 bucks and put all the signs out saturday and sunday are the super bowls of your week every single week when you're in real estate and vegas is monday monday why Go through Summerlin yeah. on, on a Monday and see how many signs you'll see out. Now you increase your opportunity because there's no competition. Every month, I've had some of the best Mondays. Quick story. Um, there was a house. I remember um, I would do uh, standing inventory houses for the builder for Toll Brothers. I would go around to all the builders and see who I could do open yeah. houses for. Yeah. That's and, really smart. Yep. And they were out. They were, All the quick moving homes were sold. They didn't have anything. Everything was in production. I went through calling agents. I had no listings. Everything, like, it was just, I was just out. What year was this? This was 2017. Okay. 2017. So um, I'm trying to find an open house. So at my time, at the time, I was with this brokerage, Love Local Real Estate, and they uh, they had this one house. It was like the redheaded stepchild of the of their listings. So it's in the middle of nowhere, dirt road in the northwest, not a popular area. Horse farm right across the street. It smelled, but it was a huge custom property, six hundred and ninety nine thousand, I believe it was. So I sat it. Then I put up my thirty five signs in the dirt road in a suit, everything, and it starts raining. Now I'm sitting in, in the middle of nowhere on a rainy day, <laughs> put out all these signs on a Monday. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. Big pickup truck drives through. Guy comes in, 
great guy, still friends to this day. Drives in, loves the house. I've been eyeing this property, waiting to see if it was going to go on a contract. I've just been working out a couple of things with my finances, but I just wanted to see it in person. Walks through, loves it, ends up spending four hours with me at the open house. So now I'm like, dude, it's getting late. It's smoggy outside. I'm about to wrap it up. Get his contact info. Needless to say, he buys the house. One open house on a Monday and one person came. I've done open houses in a great area on a sunny day and nobody's come. But the open houses that I've done on Mondays have been fruitful because I was the only one in the area. And then when I would come back to the area, people would say, man, I've, I've been seeing your signs. Like you work, you really work hard. Then now the neighbors start to come. And at that time, I didn't know how important it was for me to have relationships with the neighbors because they would be future so listings. Important. Nobody never and taught me. They run the neighborhood. Yes. And they know everything. Yeah. So I've been in Facebook groups. Now we have this running joke. Like you don't, you have not worked hard enough or door knocked enough until you end up in a Facebook group. Yeah. Like the community Facebook group will be your indicator when they start, when you start getting the screenshots sure. from the ring saying like, hey, who's this guy walking? Who's this girl walking through the neighborhood knocking on doors? Until you get that, you haven't done enough. <laughs> and we got a couple of agents now on the team that like they drop it in a group chat. Hey, this just came through. And now all the communities, they know me. So they'll text me. Hey, Sam, we got this card. Um, this agent, one of your agents are in our community. Who do they think they are? They don't know we know you. Like it's, just, it's literally hilarious. People are looking for immediate grat gratification. Yes. You can do door knocking or open houses for a week straight, mm -hmm. two weeks straight, three weeks straight, and maybe not seeing any results. Yep. But all the conversations that you had. Correct. With all those people that you met in those three weeks are going to pay off down the road. Mm -hmm. And it comes in bunches in this business. I always find it comes in bunches. Yep. When you're putting in that level of work, mm -hmm. eventually something's going to break and three or four opportunities are going to come at once. Like when yep. a baseball player gets hot at the plate, mm -hmm. they could be 0 for 28 and then all of a sudden- Keep swinging. Four for four, three for four, four for five, right? Yep. Three games in a row, mm -hmm. it all comes together. Yep. That's what- Momentum. Do, exactly. By doing the same thing over and over and over again, being seen, mm -hmm. meeting more people, that's what- makes the great agent from the agent that flake, flakes Correct. out. It's so simple. And I tell a few agents are starting to get it. And it's, it's, it's recognizing patterns, being able to recognize a pattern, utilize that pattern, and then recreate the pattern. What I mean by that is what you said was conversations. So I said I had a one-on-one -on -one with an agent. I went on a listing appointment with uh, one of my new agents yesterday. Home uh, 1.5 million. Brand new agent set the appointment. Went through the entire process that we taught, and she said 1.5 in this market. In no this, inventory right now, right? No, 20 less than 2,300 homes on market. And she set a listing appointment off market wow. in her farm. Brand new. She's had our license just a few months. Instead of $1.5 million listing appointment. Good for her. Good for her. And we said, we looked at, uh, we looked at her conversations, how many, I mean, how many phone calls she made. She's not a door knocker. She's a phone caller. She's way better on the phone. Yep. And we found out, found that out through her hell month. Yep. So she's on the phone. How many, how many phone calls did you make versus how many conversations and how many conversations did it take for you to get the appointment? And now we have data and we can, now we have metrics and we can go based off those metrics. So we have a pattern. Now we recognize that this is your pattern and let's start there. So now your next target, have that same amount of uh, phone calls. Let's get that same amount of conversations to, and let's see if we can get an appointment. Now, will it be 100% spot on? No, but we can go based off that. And like you said, it comes in bunches. Now let's use that pattern. Now I have something to look forward to. Yeah. So now I'm consistently, I don't, there's no assuming what I need to do every single day. Yeah. I just do that because I know my pattern. I'm going to use this pattern. And now as I practice and I get better, I'm going to recreate that pattern. 
Love that you're playing people's strengths with you. I wanna I wanna get a look at your Helmont thing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love the name. Mm -hmm. You're playing to people's strengths. So and I don't know how you feel. I don't love women, female agents. Mm -hmm. I love women, female agents. I'm saying mm -hmm. I don't love them going to an open house or a uh, door knocking mm -hmm. on their own. On their own, no. Right. It, you know, you're not gonna get messed with when you knock on somebody's no. door no. more likely than not. For sure. You know, I like them grouping up together or going mm -hmm. with somebody else if they're going to be door knocking. But her finding that she's great on the phone, yeah. right, and, and using that voice, it's really powerful. Yeah, so we do challenges, uh, team challenges. So we'll pair up and do so that way they aren't going by themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. And I actually got Hell Month. My Hell Month uh, was actually created from Spring Benson's Hell Week out of Utah. So a uh, uh, wide spring, uh, uh, um, I went to a, a talk that she had and she was talking about systems and processes and how she became the number one agent. And I was so impressed with her. So I just had a, a, converse, a conversation with her about what she's doing and how she was able to scale, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, I never wanted to be a leader. I never wanted to be a team leader. I just wanted to make my money, take care of my family, you know, change a couple of generations and just fly under the radar. But um, I, I started to find that like I had a bigger purpose than just selling homes and just talking to her. It just, it's become magnified and magnified and magnified. So we just took what she had in a, in a, in a short period of time and we put it over through a month and some of the, the hiring metrics that she used, we just did that on the front end. We do it on the front end just to make sure that we're doing our due diligence. Cause it's not a matter if, if an agent is meant to join a team, it's more so are they meant to stay? Yeah. Right. So we don't we don't lose money as much when we when an agent join the team, we lose money when they stay and they become a cancer and not productive. And right. then, you know, they start to bring the morale of the team down. So we want to find that out early on if they're meant to stay. By deciding to become a leader in mm -hmm. this industry, you're going to impact so many people, man. This is yeah. just the beginning. I can tell mm -hmm. like just the just the way you roll, man, you're going to impact a whole bunch of people. I'm sure that everybody on your team right now is super thankful to be a part of what you're building right now. Man, it's the craziest thing ever is to, you know, I remember having this epiphany. Um, we were at about eight agents and I had two admins, my content uh, manager and ops manager and a business manager sitting in a team meeting. And I remember walking into the office, sitting there and everybody was looking at me. And I like, I had this really brief moment of imposter syndrome mm. of like, Dude, I used to drive for Uber. Like, why would, like, I didn't make it to the NBA. Like, I didn't, like, I was, I, I don't belong here. Like, why are they coming to me for advice? I'm just trying to make it and take care of my family. Why are they, what? And then the more and more I tried to run from it, the more of a magnet I became towards it. And everything that I, that I thought that I wanted originally, it was just the, the, the very foundation of what I was called to do. Like, my, my, my true purpose and, like you said, impacting so many more people, it, it has nothing to do with what I want, but everything to do with what I can do for other people. I mean, it blows my mind. You're calling yourself an imposter syndrome because yeah. you're so, just listening to you, you're so detail-oriented. Mm -hmm. You've thought of everything. You've thought through everything. You've tried everything. You've mm -hmm. figured out what works. All the way down to, like, I'm going to look good. I mean, you're suited up. You, you were talking about being in a suit out there on that farm property, right? <laughs> yep. Like you strike me as a guy that's always suited up. Mm -hmm. How important is it for agents to go to that level of detail? How important is it for agents to look good, talk good, play good in real estate? Um, it's paramount because my first million dollar sale, it came four months after me being in the business. Um, the my, my favorite, one of my favorite scenarios ever was, 
me being in this open house, it was a production home by Toll Brothers. Um, it was their redheaded stepchild. I should probably coin that. I get the ugliest houses sold. I should probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but they couldn't give this house away. So the sales agent at the time allowed me to do the open house there. And at the time I was driving a black Chevy Impala. Um, the spoiler had flew off. So I had the holes in the back from the missing spoiler. It smelled like cigarettes. I never smoked cigarettes, but it had holes in the back. It this was damn just, room over here smells like cigarettes right now. I'm like, calling Man I'm like, man, <laughs> you guys got to do something about this. They came up with a fumigator yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm switching rooms today, man. We're just doing the podcast in here. I can't take it. Dude, it was it was bad. Yeah. Right? I can't and take then the smell. I didn't have I didn't have a lot of money. I started making a little bit of money, but all the money from the commission that I was making was just getting me back. I was trying to get back to zero. I was negative at the time. So I had the the big ties that were not weren't proportionate to the to the the collar. Hey, you look good right now. If you're yeah. watching this podcast, you know Sam's <laughs> looking good. Thank right you, man. Now. And I just started, you know, I didn't know how important it was. Like I had a little bit of idea like, at some point that I would get dressed a little bit better. But the client that I met, I had got done putting out my my 35 signs, went home. I put a sign on the door and it said, out putting out signs, agent will be back shortly. So I put out the 35 signs, went home, took a shower because it was sweating. It was hot. It's hot here. Yeah, it's hot. So I came all the way back. When I got out front, I pull up and I used to park my car down the street because I knew how how bad it was. But as I was driving up, they were driving away. So I blew the horn. Hey, do you guys want to see the open house? If I don't blow that horn, they take off. And they're you like, never meet these people. And I never meet these people. Yeah, for sure. They changed my life. Yeah. And they don't even know it. Yeah. So they They go uh, to lunch. They figure something else out to do. Yep. For sure. They had just come back as we were talking. They had just bought that Cadillac Escalade off the off the ramp because they had just came into Vegas. They sold their house in Arizona and they were okay. they needed a, a Vegas vehicle. And they left all their they had bought another property in Arizona and left their vehicles there. And they wanted to buy a, a vehicle just for Vegas. Yep. They had brand new escalade that they bought cash. Didn't even know it. I don't blow that horn. Millions of dollars just roll away, right? There's my thirty grand right there. <laughs> and a lifetime away. client. And a lifetime Which client. Going to be even more valuable. Yep. Um, so I take them through the house. The house was ugly. Everybody objected about the flooring. So we go in. The wife goes, "Oh my gosh, I love this flooring." I almost fainted. Everybody objected about the backsplash, the flooring. It just they they competed with each other. She absolutely loved it. So I'm, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, she loved this house. They're going to buy it. So I asked them, I pre-qualify them. You guys working with an agent, et cetera, et cetera. No, and I'm like, dude, I got a I got a client. I got a buyer. So I set an appointment. I learned how to set appointments from my open houses. So they were like, yeah, we want to look at a couple more homes, but I think this will be the one. So I took them to a community called uh, named the Ridges. It was one of the basically the Beverly Hills of Summerlin, and I ne I never even been inside of it before, but I just started to hear about it. Yeah. And they said, hey, hop in our car, we'll drive because they didn't want to get in my <laughs> yeah. in my Impala. I don't want to smell like cigarettes right. either, so I don't blame them. <laughs> right. And at that point, you know, the the guy started, the husband started to really, you know, see how committed and how hard I worked, yeah. and and he he just liked me, and he said. You know, son, I've been in a, I've been in business, you know, longer than probably your parents have been alive. But what I want to tell you is, if you want to play in this game, you got to look the part. I'm probably had known this guy an hour, and that's what he told me. And um, I made a very terrible decision after I sold that house. I went and got a Mercedes. <laughs> that, that ain't the part he was talking about. <laughs> that wasn't the part he was talking no, about. No, no, that's not. That's no, not no. It. So probably, that was the the first financial mistake that I made. Uh, yeah. From after selling a million dollar home, went and put. I got a thirty thousand dollar commission. This guy check. just gave me the excuse <laughs> to go buy my dream car. Yes, and uh, I actually had a Porsche. I had a Panamera for about two hours until I called my wife and said I had it. Um, I didn't buy it yet. The dealer 
swayed me into taking it home to get my wife to fall in love with it. Wow. I called her and told her what happened. She said, it better not be home by the time I get there. <laughs> Smart woman. <laughs> so I took it back. And then we went together to get the Mercedes and she still tried to talk me out of it. I said, but look, look, look what I just did. And he told me I had to do it. <laughs> so terrible. Very bad decision. Well, but you just took it to the extreme, right? Yes. I think there's a lot of people right now that, like I said earlier, a lot of people say, oh, don't say the word hustle, don't say the word grind, mm -hmm. you know, work-life balance, all this stuff. And there's a whole bunch of other people saying, hey, you should just be whoever you are. Like, you want to wear a t-shirt and shorts to work, you know, as an agent, you sure. get that luxury, go ahead and do it. Sure. I'm more wrong with the advice that you got, mm -hmm. where it's like, you want to be the part, you better look the part. Yeah. Because these clients expect a certain level of expectation. Correct. And it's not so much about, like, the 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 suits or or you know designer clothes and anything like I never right. I didn't buy anything designer until 2020 like I had already been making several hundred thousand dollars a year and I didn't even buy myself designer my wife bought me my first piece of designer clothing I was always I'm not cheap but I'm frugal I was always about like hey if you know like the like the show suits I remember he asked the kid he said where'd you get that suit how much did it cost he was like well, I got it was 200 bucks I paid no he said I paid 500 bucks he was like for how many suits he said five <laughs> he went to the swap meet and got 500 got five suits five, for five get bucks. one you know so I'm like you know that's my philosophy it's just yeah. how it's tailored I don't need to go buy the most expensive yeah. suit right so that was my philosophy but I understood after that conversation that I had to change the way that I was perceived prior to prior to me even opening my mouth professional presentation correct because we're because I'm being judged and being African American in the luxury space, yeah. there first of all in the real estate space, it's not even in that general, many. Man. In general, it's not that many. Real estate's predominantly white. Yep, it's fifty eight. Last I knew, average age of an agent. Mm -hmm. So you're you're an outlier for yep. sure. Yep. And I and I looked at the opportunity and I said, well, how can I make a statement? What do I really love to tell my truth? Well, I enjoy dressing nice. It's not just about the clients. I do it for myself. Look good, feel good, play good. Yeah, exactly. You know? So if I get I get a fresh haircut, my car is clean, I walk, I just have a certain a higher level of confidence. Yeah. And it's not it doesn't give me the confidence, it boosts the confidence that I already have. Right. And it and it plays such an important part because when I when I go to speak to a client or I'm, I'm going into a, um, a professional place. I frequently visit the same restaurants over and over because I want to build that presence I do the same thing, man. in that community. That's the free nugget. If you're in a, if you're in a farm and you For have sure. your, your, your location that you want to specialize in, go to the same exact coffee shops, tip yes. the same exact people, yes. go see the same exact servers and do the same exact thing multiple times a week. And you become the local person that everybody loves. I just did a train with my team. I said, if you're going to go have lunch anywhere yep. this month, we were in the first month of the year, mm -hmm. first quarter. Go have lunch there for the next 30 days straight. Yep. Or if you're going to do 20 days a month, whatever it is, mm -hmm. every day eat lunch there. Yep. Until everybody in that restaurant knows who you are, mm -hmm. from the chef to the manager yep. to the person greeting you at the door. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows who you are. Now you don't have to go there every single day. You can show up there once a quarter and everyone's like, Sam, what's up? Man? Exactly. Hey, so-and-so is talking about real estate. You got to connect. Or send the client there. Let me introduce you to so-and-so. Yep. That's how it works. When I send clients to, to, to dinner, I only pay, I say, have you been to X, Y, and Z restaurant? It's no. Awesome. Do you have time Friday? What's a good time for you to go check out this restaurant? And I still do the same thing. Do afternoons and evenings work better for you? So you want to go at, you want to go at, <laughs> you want to go in the evening? Awesome. Yeah. How's Friday at 7 p.m. or Saturday at 6 p.m.? Which one would work better for you? Uh, let's do Friday. Awesome. So I have dinner reservations for you and your wife, uh, set, set, uh, Friday at, at 7 p.m. You're going to love it. Then they go there. 
the restaurant, my assistant makes the reservation for them and everything. By the time they get there, they come back. She said, man, everybody loves you and blah, 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 blah. So now I have my own hype team and I'm not even at the freaking dinner. Yeah. And everybody talks about how awesome I am without me having to be man, there. Sam's such a great guy. Mm -hmm. You know what he does for this place. All that kind of stuff. Yes, and that's absolutely. Gonna, that's going to bring so many referrals in the future. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's just small things like that that go a long way. And if you're talking about a $250 dinner that is going to bring potentially bring me hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future. At that time, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it, it was learned. And as I learned those things, it, it became just a, a part of the process of cultivating community. Hey, what, what's your... Like, what's your big goal in real estate? Being an African-American, mm -hmm. male leader, young, mm -hmm. you've got a real opportunity in this industry. Yep. Most of the leadership, if you look at the Swanepoel Top 200 right mm -hmm. now, it, it looks very much the same. Yep. You run through that. Mm -hmm. You've got a huge opportunity because you are a special leader. Mm -hmm. I already know that sitting here, spending some time with you. I appreciate you. that, man. What's your big goal? Ultimately, I want to impact the lives of people through whether it doesn't matter the demographic, the race, the religion, the sexuality, or any of that, the there's no like, there's no me without Martin Luther King. There's no Viola Davis without Sojourner Truth. Like we have that opportunity. I feel like I have that opportunity to make history, where as it pertains to changing the the, the perspective and the lens that people in my culture see life through like the poverty and there's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's a way to get it. And, and the, the way to impact other people and being of service to other people, it just happens to be the way that I found that gets you, that allows you to get it a lot quicker. I want to be the catalyst for that message. It's not about grinding. Um, it's not about just hustle. Those things play a part in it, but everybody has a different path. And I want to be the person, the catalyst, the not just the Eric Thomas, but like the the impact that these types of people make. I mm -hmm. want to make that type of impact. I want to live a life that outlives me. I want to have the the these types of talks that when I'm gone, that my my that I can pass down to my children the lessons that I've learned to shorten that learning curve for the people, the kid that's 18. It's like, man, I don't know what I want to do in my life. I don't want to go to college because I don't want debt, but I also don't want to work for yeah. somebody because I have this opportunity yeah. and I have this thing inside of me. I just don't know what this thing is. And it took me to go through through all the things that I've gone through to feel, to find that it's not just about the sales. It's not about driving a nice car or wearing nice suits. It's like, wait, I want to make an impact. This thing that's been pent up inside of me has been wanting to come out. I just thought it was the NBA. It wasn't the NBA. I thought it was real estate. It's not real estate. It's actually empowering and, and inspiring other people to get to a different level that they didn't even know they had inside of them. Like that's really, really what I want to do. Sam, keep getting this story out because not every kid that looks up to you is gonna be able to go to the NBA. Right. Really, none of them are. Right. But every kid can Uber mm -hmm. and go take the real estate license mm -hmm. five, 10, 20 times Don't matter. with their Ubering money mm -hmm. and get into this business, which still has absolute, if you're in sales, yep. it has no glass ceiling. None. Take it as far as you want. Mm -hmm. So you can help a lot of people realize mm -hmm. that to your point, college debt is not the only answer. No. You can go and do something. And I'm not like against Ubering. college. Neither am I. Right. I'm not against it mm -hmm. if mommy and daddy are paying or mm -hmm. you're on a scholarship. I'm Perfect. against it when you take out college debt mm -hmm. and you don't know that I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a, you know, something like something that. A specialist. Something specialist. When you're going general studies and you're racking up debt as an 18 year old, you know, you don't know what debt does to your future. Right. Because I went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. I know what debt does. Mm -hmm. And 18 year olds do not when they're signing that piece of paper. Correct. And so your story is so practical mm -hmm. where you can go make a living, mm -hmm. Uber, not a great living. You don't want to go back to Uber. No. But you can take that money 
and flip it into something like this. Mm-hmm. Have people around you that are going to support you. Get around the right people yep. like you did with your wife. Mm-hmm. She supports you. She helped you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? You need a little help along the way. Man, so many people need to hear that. I'm just so thankful you're out now telling that story. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's, the, it's that saying, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. Like man. I find that when I seek out, when I ask better questions, what will it, like literally I ask, what would it take for more people to know what's possible? That's just a simple question. What would it take? And then my reticular activating system starts, starts searching for it. And then back, like, then it's like, I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to lean in and I'm going to say yes as much as possible. And then from me saying yes as, as much as possible, I'll learn what to say no to. I know which way to go. And like literally my, I don't have the entire roadmap or what the future looks like, but I have this lamp at my feet step by step. And I'm just going to lean into it that that lamp is going to be my guide. And I would encourage everybody to find your lamp and don't worry about the the road at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel. Just know that it's there. Believe that it's there, even when you can't see it. Believe that there's a light there, but just utilize the lamp at your feet. Just take step by step. That's a great spot to wrap it up, man. (laughs) You're you're incredible. Thank you, man. Um, Really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you're following Sam. And what's the Instagram handle, Sam? The Sam Sam Coleman. The Sam Coleman. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're following uh, Sam on Instagram. You'll find him everywhere else. And pretty soon, he's going to be blowing up all (laughs) over the place. I promise you guys that. So really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you.